This week on Siblings on Record, Lenny Kravitz, Let Love Rule. everybody. I'm Aaron Martell. And I am Shannon Fleming, Aaron's little sister. And welcome to Siblings on Record, a podcast where one of us picks a musical album and together we discuss it and analyze it. This week is a little different because we have our first listener pick and this one comes to us from Mr. Sam George. And Sam has selected Lenny Kravitz's 1989 debut album, Let Love Rule. So Shannon, Tell us how you discovered Lenny Kravitz and this album in particular. Well, okay, so I've never listened to the album before Sam actually requested it. Thank you. That was really cool. It's an awesome album, by the way, and I know... Spoiler alert. In fact, spoiler alert. (laughs) It's a great album. I've known his big hits over the years, but I never, like, delved into... I've never even listened to one full album through. And when I listened to this one, I've listened to it over and over and over again, I have such reverence for this artist. He is incredible. Great songwriter, singer, all these things. But anyway, going back to how did I discover him? It was just basically through the radio, through like whatever, media. I I always liked his big hits. What about you? Well, the first time I ever heard of Lenny Kravitz was when he was called Romeo Blue, and he was in the entertainment tabloids. He was the boyfriend and eventual husband of Lisa Bonet from The Cosby Show. Which I knew, but I had no idea that he was actually like, he went by a different name at one point. That's Yeah, no, he was actually more famous for being with her than himself as an artist. She was huge on the scene at the time. So Romeo Blue was billed as a Prince clone, and apparently his early music was very influenced by Prince. His manager urged him to use his real name, and so Romeo Blue reclaimed Lenny Kravitz. And I do remember when this album came out, I saw the video for the title track, and I dug the retro vibe in both the music and Lenny's look. Later on, I got a couple of his albums, but I never owned this one. So I went into this review with completely fresh ears. I only really knew the title track, maybe one more. So I had to familiarize myself with this record for this podcast. So that's my story with Lenny Kravitz, and here we go, Sam. This one's for you. Okay, Shannon, can you give us some basic facts about this record? Absolutely. Let Love Rule is the debut album by American rock artist Lenny Kravitz. It was released on September 19th, 1989 by Virgin Records. It was produced by Lenny Kravitz. It reached number 61 on the U.S. Billboard 200 and peaked at number 56 in the U.K. album chart. It's featured in the book 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. Now I'll go over the album's lineup card. We have Lenny Kravitz on lead and backing vocals, guitar, organ, bass, drums, and percussion. Alfred Brown on viola. Henry Hirsch on piano and organ. Adam Widoff on guitar. Eric DeLent on violin. Nancy Ives on cello. And Lee Jeff on harmonica. If I pronounced any of those names incorrectly, I mean no disrespect. Now we're going to go into a track-by-track analysis of this album, beginning with the lead-off track, Sitting on Top of the World, written by Lenny Kravitz.
Shannon, what do you think about this track? I think this is an awesome intro into his world. It's very appropriate for its time. It has this grungy acoustic intro, soft and lyrical. It breaks into kick and funk with cowbell, totally reminiscent of Prince. But there's some hints of like, you know, James Brown in there, even for me. I didn't listen to the words closely enough. I listened to the sounds like I, I tend to do. And I've, I tend to feel versus like necessarily like listen to everything. So it, I think it's fabulous. What do you think? Well, it begins with acoustic strumming leading to a groovy tune that somehow shows many musical styles like you alluded to. I hear folk, R&B, funk, and gospel in this tune. Lenny's voice is mixed up front, way up front. It's prominent. I've always liked his voice, but when he screams, it's sometimes a little overpowering on this album. It really gets to my ears. I like the bass and the organ. It makes a funky bedrock for the song. The lyrics to me seem to be about him reminiscing with an old friend that Lenny's loyal and won't betray the friend even though he's sad that there seems to be some sort of disconnect now. But the friend needs to be open-hearted, spread a little love, and get high. It's a good song. It doesn't knock my socks off, but it's a decent album opener. Well, and also it's interesting about what you just said about the hippie love stuff. This is going to be the theme that goes throughout the entire album. For a lot of these tracks, yeah. Yes. I think there's a real theme about all of this, and we'll touch on that later on. The next track is the title track, Let Love Rule, written by Lenny Kravitz. Shan, what do you think about the title track? It's a cool tune, and this is one of the ones that I was most familiar with. This is one of his big hits. Very sultry in the vocals. Very 60s-oriented. It has like this organ and musical style. It's very reminiscent of the Beatles. It's all about peace and love and happy stuff. Again, kind of like tailing on what just happened with the first song. I think it's great. Again, he switched up the style. You're getting to see like this what's to come for him. He's showcasing how freaking talented he is. How about you? I heard this tune quite a bit when it came out. It's got a nice groove, and I'm going to be saying this a lot about this record. He puts a lot of effort into making a groove stick in your ears. Yes. I love the bass again on this track. He plays some excellent bass. It's an excellent sax solo. It's perfect, and I dig the organ hanging around below the surface and coming up for a solo on the extended outro. There's more hippy-dippy lyrics. Peace and love, baby. Peace and love. I like Lenny's natural voice, but I wish you would dial back on the I wish you would dial back on that kind of stuff. I wish you would dial back on that a little bit sometimes. Because sometimes, especially on, on this album, I know it's because the vocals are so up front in the mix that I sometimes I just go, I cringe. It's a little, a little too much for me sometimes. Overall, though, I dig the track. It's very good. Moving on now, we come to Freedom Train, written by Lenny Kravitz.
Shannon, your thoughts? Well, again, he switches it up. This is how I take it. It's Nine Inch Nails Primus with hard distorted guitars and vocals. The bass prominently is featured in this song. It's so cool. Have no idea what the song is about, though. Because <laughs> he's basically singing like the whole, like just basically one line for the entire thing. The only thing that I can think about is that he's dancing on the Freedom Train. Cool train effect. Very cool with the horns going down the tracks. That's basically what my take is on it. What about you? It's very funky. It's got the waka chaka guitar, you know, very Jimi Hendrix-like. Yes. More good bass work, and funky drums and percussion, and more sweet sax. Did I say pay attention to the groove before? This tune is entirely about the groove. The lyrics are secondary and don't mean shit. There's really only two lines in the entire track. It's on the freedom train and come on, dance on the freedom train. This song's only about taking a ride on the funky-ass freedom train and letting go, riding the slow, slinky groove all the way. You gonna get on? Come on, let's go. Moving through the album, we get My Precious Love, written by Lenny Kravitz. Shannon, what do you think about this one? Well, here we go again. He's changing again. It's like this 50s pop soul singing style with heavy organ and pianos. It's a power ballad, obviously. And it's kind of like for like the teeny bopper prom girl going to the dance, basically. All I can see is Back to the Future, where it's like the band on the stage with like their slicked back hair. That's kind of my sense of this song. I think he orchestrated it very well. Again, like a throwback. Oh, absolutely. And I think he pulled it off beautifully. He sings it just right. I don't think he went over the top like you were describing before. Like, I wish you would just dial back a little bit with this type of a song. I think it might be just appropriate. It's interesting. What about you? Well, Lenny tries his hand at an R&B slow jam. It's heavily Prince-influenced to my ears. Oh, yeah, totally. Lyrically, this has got to be about Lisa Bonet. It's very lover man, you got me, but I made mistakes, but I'm always all about you, baby. Uh, Lenny really belts the lyrics out so you can feel all the emotion he's invested in them. I totally dig the solo section. There's a fantastic piano solo by Henry Hirsch. Lenny even calls him out to play it. It's a solid tune. It's not spectacular. At this point, he can't touch Prince at this game. But I think later on down the line, Lenny improves at this type of music. And now we come to I Build This Garden For Us, written by Lenny Kravitz. Shannon, how about this one? This is a very cool tune, and it kind of dovetails on the last one. I feel like he's paying homage somehow to, like, you know, his British bands from, like, the 60s and 70s. Very cool, very Sgt. Pepper sounding. Has string arrangements and vocal harmonies that are just lovely. And, it, yeah, once again, we're, we're about unicorns and rainbows. Everything is very cool about this tune. What about you? 
The song begins with the chorus, and there are strings backing the guitars each time the chorus comes around, giving this tune a Beatles feel like you mentioned. In the middle of each verse, there's an instrumental flourish, whether it's an organ or piano or strings that I do like. The melodies don't grab me like the previous songs do, though the vocals are well-performed. The lyrics to me are about building a family and a home, keeping everything happy and peaceful and maintaining it. The garden is a metaphor for a growing and loving home with no prejudices and promoting total acceptance and even using religious imagery to spread the message to the outside world. It's for everybody, man. The song ends with a competent but unspectacular guitar solo. It's not my favorite track, but it's okay. The next song up is Fear. Music by Lenny Kravitz. Lyrics by Lisa Bonet. In Shannon, what do you think of this? This is a very cool tune. I do love the awesome 70s funk intro with groovy guitar effects and that bouncy bass line. It's so nice. Obviously, it's about civil rights, prejudice, activism. It incorporates funk, rock, and psychedelic elements. It's very nice. However, I do have a little issue with the chorus. I love the verse. I love how it comes in. The song like starts and does its thing. But the chorus is like, this isn't right for it somehow. It's like they tacked on a rock chorus to a R&B song. Yes, exactly. And to my ear, it doesn't quite fit. So I have some issues with this song. I like it and I don't. It's really, really funny. How do you think about it, Aaron? Well, it has a heavy 70s R&B vibe with the wah guitar, the organ colorings, and a lightly funky bass. I really dig the bass playing on this record. It's creative and interesting while still serving the song. Oh, it's awesome. The song title gives you a clue about the lyrics by Lisa Bonet in which there are many man-made things in the world to be fearful of, from environmental pollution to the horrors of war. The singer is living in fear and is afraid for the children growing up in this kind of world. Lenny sings these bleak lyrics with disdain, and there's a low harmony vocal underneath that emphasizes this. I like that part. I like this tune. It's got a good guitar solo this time. It's interesting that this is the first tune that doesn't carry Lenny's usual positive peace and love vibe. It's more bleak. And I do agree with you that the chorus is a little bit clumsy. It's a little clunky. It doesn't quite fit. It's decent. Let's move on now to Does Anybody Out There Even Care? Written by Lenny Kravitz. Shannon, lay it on us about this. Well, it's so funny because, again, he was awesome about, like, just carrying this theme through the entire album. It's a 70s British rock type of tune to me. All I can hear is yellow. And I love how it breaks into a Beatles melody sung in Prince style, which is like if you take the two elements and put them together, it's like, wow, this is what you get. It's so cool. It's about activism, love, awareness, and peace. 
I think he's a really nice man. <laughs> I, do. I think he's a really cool person and an excellent musician. What do you think? Wow, Lenny's vocals in the verses are in your face. This seems like a companion song to the last one to me, only this time the emphasis is on hate instead of fear, specifically racial hatred and the violence it generates and the cost in human lives. At least he calls for the world to wake up and let love conquer hate, and he hasn't given up hope. It's a little bit more optimistic. The music is a slower rock ballad with this typical sound of guitar, piano, organ, drums, bass, and vocal. This song, you said ELO, but this song makes me think of the Eagles for some reason. (laughs) And I think it might be the organ. It might even remind me of a specific song that the Eagles played. I'm never going to remember it off the top of my head, but that's... Yeah, but ELO always had that type of stuff incorporated with their sound as well. So it's kind of funny that we both take it from different angles. It's so cool. I'm starting to notice on this record, though, that often the guitar is pushed back in the mix. And I admit that occasionally bugs me about this record. The guitars might be a little bit too thin for my taste, but this is all right. I like it. So the next song on this album is Mr. Cab Driver, written by Lenny Kravitz. Mr. Cab Driver won't stop to let me Shannon, what do you think about Mr. Cab Driver? It's my favorite song on the album. (laughs) I fucking dig this tune. It's so cool. I feel like it's an Iggy Pop-influenced groovy, groovy guitars. Heavy bass, of course, throughout the album. And it has some, like, a little bit of an early punk influence. Like, maybe even, like, some violent femmes thrown in there. Mr. Cab Driver chorus reminds me of Taxman by the Beatles, Even though it sounds different, he still carries this element of British rock and roll. It's so cool. I love this song. What about you? Well, this is a stark, quirky tune. It reminds me somewhat of early Prince, especially when you take into account Lenny's vocal delivery, which is very Prince-like to my ears. Well, he's Minnesota sound all the way. So he coined it. So yeah, you can totally feel it. Yeah. This track only has guitar, bass, and drums, and the guitar has a clean sound with a touch of fuzz guitar added later. And again, to my ears, they're pushed too far back in the mix. The lyrics are clearly about racism, and I suspect Lenny had run-ins with this type of person, someone who judges and dislikes based on appearance and skin color. He does say fuck you to the cab driver, so he's not going to take it lying down, so good on you, Lenny. The song ends with a guitar solo that again is competent but not compelling, That said, I dig this track, and I do bop my head to it when it comes on. I like it, too. So let's keep moving through the album, and we get Rosemary. Music by Lenny Kravitz, lyrics by Lenny Kravitz, and Lisa Bonet. Shannon, what do you think about Rosemary? Well, okay, so he's leaving the 60s and 70s and moving back up to the 80s, in my mind. It's like this 80s hairband album. It's kind of reminiscent of Cinderella or even a Tesla. Yes, co-written with Lisa Bonet. 
it has this like real classic power ballad style. There's a lot more instruments and there's a lot of pickups and it turns into a striper confrontation to the Southern Evangelical Church. You remember striper, don't you? Oh, of course I do. Yeah, this song is very preachy. And that's kind of what I feel from it. It's kind of funny. What about you? Well, I love the music of this tune. The acoustic guitars, the organ, the harmonica, even the vocal melodies draw me in. It's the actual lyrics themselves that give me a little pause. Uh, It starts with Little Rosemary, a very young girl who's got it rough to start life out with no parents and having virtually nothing. Then the song gains heavy gospel overtones, and the singer basically tells Rosemary, just believe in Jesus and she can receive eternal life. I don't want to go into a huge religious discussion on this podcast, but as I've stated before on earlier episodes of the show, I am a non-believer, and lyrics like these ring hollow for me. It's not that I can't enjoy gospel music or spiritual themes. I very much like the melodies of some religious music, and I can dig the lyrics of the faithful without having to believe in them. And I have no doubt that Lenny you know, has spiritual conviction. I suppose it's just that I can't connect to the idea that just believe in Jesus and everything's going to be okay in your life. That just bugs me. It bothers me. I'm probably being way over the top here, but I do struggle with this track. I really do because I want to like it and then I want to dislike it. So I guess it's just my thing about it. It's kind of a way that I see it maybe even for you, and I'm speaking for you. I see it as like a song that you can appreciate because, you know, musically and lyrically, it's nice. It's a pretty song. However, like you said, the content just doesn't resonate quite as well with you. And it doesn't with me either, by the way. And we have no, no intention of ever insulting anybody out there. It's just the way that we feel. No, absolutely not. To each their own. If you are a believer, that's fine. Completely and totally. And I can respect that. And so can you. So now let's continue on to B, written by Lenny Kravitz. Shannon, B, B, B. I feel like it's like we're falling down a rabbit hole. B has this great Prince Minnesota sound with very dreary pianos and foreboding organ and strings. To me, it has overtones of struggles with drug addiction and redemption. This is a very sad tune. It really is. And I think it's still well orchestrated. I think he does a great job doing what he does. But I, what about you? It's a slow, sad-sounding tune that uses the organ, piano, and strings to underline the downbeat nature of the lyrics, which seem to be about someone who's lost, confused, trying to find himself. The singer imagines all these types of people that he could be, such as a junkie, a doctor, a priest, or a rapist. But if he's real with himself as well with implied help from a higher power, he'll discover his true nature or purpose, and he'll just be, 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 blech. Lenny's vocals are pleading and searching and doesn't have the peace and love upbeat quality most of the rest of the record has. Honestly, I don't know. I don't connect to this much. And I find the track a little boring and mopey. This is easily my least favorite. It's otherwise known as Aaron's Stinky Stinker. Next up, we have Blues for Sister Someone, 
written by Lenny Kravitz. Shannon, what do you think? Well, we're still going downhill (laughs) to me. There's like this alternative grunge style about drug addiction, very monochromatic sounding in my mind. It has like this repeating distorted guitars layered on top. It's okay. It's not my favorite song on, on the album, obviously. Okay, so your last one was yours. This one's mine. I don't like it. What about you? It's another slow, plodding rock track about a pregnant prostitute junkie. It starts low and it stays low. Lenny feels the blues for this girl, but he has no solutions for her. Hell, he's even asking the Lord, what can she do and life ain't fucking fair. Lenny's vocals at least are more impassioned than the last track. And there's some sax at the end of the track to reinforce the despairing heaviness of the vocals. I don't hate this one, but it doesn't float my boat either. And we're kind of knee deep in the shitty end of the album for me. Right. This last section of the record, I'm not really feeling it. The penultimate track on the album is Empty Hands, written by Lenny Kravitz. Shannon, open your empty hands and tell us what you think. (laughs) So to my ear, it has like this Mexican or Western sounding guitars. It has like this funky percussion. The chorus is reminiscent of Eric Burden and the Animals to me. I think it's about a false prophet. And it ends with this beautiful fiddle with this string arrangement. I think it's a cool tune. (laughs) What do you think? Is this about Jesus or Moses or Martin Luther King or just some sort of savior type who leads his people from oppression with nonviolent tactics? I dig these lyrics. They do leave things open to interpretation. The music is kind of folk rock with acoustic guitars and castanets. And it does have, like you said, it like a Mexican or Western vibe. Towards the end of this song, it goes into this section that reminds me of a part of Led Zeppelin's version of Babe, I'm Gonna Leave You. That do, 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 that part. Yes. It's a solid track. I like it okay. It's better than the last two for sure, but we're still kind of in that blah part of the album for me. And that brings us to the final track, Flower Child, written by Lenny Kravitz. She's the finest thing i ever seen. Love that ring inside her nose. <laughs> Flower Child, yeah. Flower Child. Shannon, what do you think about this one? I hear the electric light orchestra again. I feel like it's styled that way. But with that, it has like this American beatnik inspired vocal inflections pushed into it. It has hints of the Rolling Stones. I can hear them as well. 
it's about a hippie girl. It's a happiness. We're ending this album on a very happy note. Very cool. I really like this song. What about you? Thank you, Lenny. Yes. Fuck. He ends the album on a high note, like you said. To me, this must be about Lisa Bonet. He describes a psychedelic princess on a magic carpet ride. The music is an up-tempo rave-up, which is welcome after all the slow tracks before, and the piano is banging and the sax is honking. More cool bass lines grooving underneath this song. I totally dig the chorus. Flower child. I love it. And Lenny infuses some fucking personality in his vocals, you know, like little mannerisms that aren't screaming. He throws like, yeah, yeah, you know, that kind of stuff. This is my favorite track on the album by far. And I'm really glad he ends the record with this. Oh, yeah. Now that the track by track is completed, we'll go into our final thoughts and album rating. For you new listeners, the rating is a 0 to 5 system, with 5 being a favorite album of ours, all the way down to a 0, which is caca. Shannon, what are your final thoughts on Let Love Rule? I think it's a fabulous album. I rated it a 4. I've never listened to any of his music in its entirety, if you will. This is the first album from start to finish, and I've listened to it over and over again, and I really, really can appreciate this. Maybe it's true. Maybe this should be one of the 1,001 albums you need to listen to before you die. (laughs) I can't even thank Sam enough for suggesting it. I think it was a beautiful pick. It's very strong, and he's pretty cool. What about you? I dig Lenny Kravitz pretty much from the first time I heard him. I love his whole retro vibe. He seems like the coolest cat in the room, and let's face it, he is. His sound is this soup of musical styles, from 60s, 70s hard rock to R&B to gospel, and most of the time he makes it work really well. As his first album, I think this record is good, a nice introduction to the man, and it lays the foundation for his later work and the hits that are coming. I do wish the guitars were more prominent in the mix, and his vocals were not so upfront. I think he has a much better balance than some of his later records, and you know, I just wish he rocked a little harder, something else he'd do much better later on, too. I give this a three. It's a solid opening shot, but he's got much better stuff in his arsenal. He'll fire off in the future. So now we want to take a moment to thank all the listeners who have downloaded or streamed the podcast and liked or shared the show on Facebook. We take none of you for granted, and we hope you enjoy the podcast and keep listening. Some of you like and share the podcast on a weekly basis, and we appreciate the effort you make to do that. And hey, if you really like the show, we'd love to get a few iTunes reviews so our profile gets bumped up and we can be more visible to people who might be looking for a podcast like this one. And once again, we'd like to thank Sam George for requesting this album. And if anyone else out there has a record you want to hear reviewed, let us know and we'll see what we can do to make it happen. We want to be more interactive with you, so stay tuned and thanks again. And that's going to do it for this episode. You can find this podcast at places like iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and now Spotify. So if you like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review of it. If you take the time to do that, we'll read your review right here on the show. If you'd like to contact us directly, we can be reached at RidiculousRockRecords at gmail.com and also on the Ridiculous Rock Record Reviews Facebook page, where there's a link to hear each podcast, including the Siblings on Record branch of the show. You can also review the show on Facebook if you'd prefer to do it that way, and yes, we'll read your Facebook review on the podcast. You want to come on the podcast, talk about an album with us, we'd love that. Shoot us an email, we'll set it up. We're always looking for guests to co-host the show with us, and we would also welcome any requests or suggestions for albums to cover. Feel free to leave all of your feedback, comments, reviews, and or suggestions at any of those places I just described. 
we'd love to hear from you. For Siblings on Record, I'm Aaron. And I am Shannon. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you, Sam. You must hear before you die. You must hear this album. Everybody, (laughs) you must hear this. If you do not, you're not going to heaven. You're going to hell. It's that seriously. You'll be damned for all eternity if you do not listen to this album before you die. Understand, people?